0: an extra shot of insulin in preparation for this podcast today
1: why didn't you just eat an apple
0: mind your business (laughs) (laughs)
1: does that mean we're getting into the office again we're doing the office Ah, all right (laughs) welcome back listeners this is the fourth episode in our series on the office that means we'll be covering season four This is the Catch the Sky podcast. As always, you can catch us on Twitter at CTS Terry or wherever you listen to podcasts, Facebook, or Instagram by searching for the Catch the Sky podcast. And be sure to like and subscribe and give it a share with all your friends. Spread the word. We're here. Share the love. And we ain't going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) We're in this for the long haul, huh? That's it. We're live in the studio today.
0: Beautiful view. Everything is lovely. And I want to go back in time today. So we're going to go back to September of 2007. And the fourth season of The Office came out. So where were you in September of 2007? Do you even remember?
1: September of 2007 would have been the start of my junior year of high school. Okay. Okay. Wow. I probably wasn't even watching The Office live at that point. I think I got into it my senior year, maybe freshman year of college. I love how you just glossed over the fact that we are live in studio together as well.
0: <laughs> We're in this. I think I was trying to get a job at the University of Phoenix that summer, and Barack Obama was about to be president.
1: Well, that would have been the following year, because we voted in 2008.
0: January 20th, 2009 is when he took office. So- yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah you're news. a little, you're a little bit ahead <laughs> there, buddy. We're
0: still the Bush years. thousand, <laughs> we're still George Bush still So stick to the office. <laughs> so what happened in Let's let's hit season four like we always do. Let's talk about our favorite episodes. Let's sure. Shenanigans, sure. Shenanigans, quotes, cameos. Yeah. All right. It's good to have you in the studio, T. <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: glad to be back. I'm in sunny Arizona. It's beautiful here.
0: So season four starts off with a bang.
1: Quite literally?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jim and Pam start their romantic relationship.
1: Oh, that's where you're going with it. Yeah, with a bang, literally like a car bang? Yeah, I was thinking about when <laughs> Meredith gets hit by a car. <laughs> oh, Meredith. Poor Meredith. But you're right. You're right. We'll get into that in just a moment. The big news from this season is, as you said, Jim and Pam officially dating. And i think kevin calls it in the first episode
0: he does and we all suspect it but they're doing a really good job of not leaving anybody on
1: yeah that doesn't last long though the camera crew catches on to him and i think this is one of the first times that we see in the show that the camera crew kind of there's a breach of the fourth wall right
0: they they're doing an undercover sting which is different
1: Yeah, but then in the following episode, they confront Jim and Pam about it. They did. They get their attention and draw them into a different room to discuss something about the documentary on the documentary. So it's a good reminder that, yes, this is a show that's being filmed Mm -hmm. as part of a a documentary.
0: Right. As we'll see later. And I believe it's aired on some type of public radio program, which is fantastic for me because I'm a big NPR guy and a PBS guy.
1: I think it's PBS.
0: It's yes. I believe it is PBS.
1: Or something similar to that.
0: Yeah is that season nine
1: yeah that's at the at the end there
0: so season nine ironically makes a comeback in season four uh, there's a twist here they actually had to cancel the christmas episode because of the writers guild strike in 2008 so on that strike ended on february 12th 2008 so they had a christmas episode which they recycled and made it dwight christmas in season nine interesting yeah yeah, yeah. so huh. writers guild strike i remember that i remember john stewart wouldn't break picket line it was some some in activism. But again, this show's about labor, so it all ties in, doesn't it? Yes. Speaking of labor, Ryan got promoted. He's corporate now. He's a wonder kin. I don't even know what that means. Huh. Well, I mean, I know what it means. but Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, and he, he frequently drops into the Scranton branch. It seems he probably spends more time there than he probably should. But that, again, could be due to Michael. Maybe that's why Jan was there so much.
0: I just love Kelly shenanigans with Ryan. <laughs> oh,
1: oh, yeah, as soon as he shows up. I'm pregnant, and I'm keeping it. <laughs> and then they go to the cutscene, she just shakes her head. She's like... <laughs> Mindy and Kaelin. then he agrees to see her for dinner. Yes. I have a date! We have a
0: date. <laughs> love you, Mindy Kaling. Love you. Just heard your NPR interview recently, Mindy Kaling. It was fantastic.
1: Yeah, we were able to relate with a lot of the things that she was just talking about as far as social anxieties and things of that nature it's very relative to a lot of the things that we discuss on here
0: she categorized herself as the other or accepting that she is the other
1: yes she did yes yes and that was one of the things that got her included in the office kind of in the first place is they wanted to showcase her as the other Mm -hmm. but then over time she just became a part of the family you know instead of being brought in just as the other sometimes we do that when we want to diversify our workforce and things like that we we think that we're being progressive and sometimes we go out of our way to make those choices and pick somebody that maybe isn't the best candidate but will help diversify our workforce but then over time that we see that they brought things to the table that we never even saw you know in the first couple interviews or first interactions with these people. Right. And I think that's one of the benefits of including other cultures.
0: I think there's so many di- there's so much diversity just in perspectives. And we, we, we often assume that we all think the same. It's group think. Right. Yeah. But I think if you break if you take people out of their element of comfort, which is their news bubble, and you actually sit down and have a conversation, we actually all agree on the same exact things. And one thing we know for sure, we love comedy. And we love <laughs> yeah, to that's right. laugh sometimes positively about our differences. Like we can make light of that. And I think that's something that should be celebrated. And I think we love The Office because they just say so much ridiculous stuff and it's just hilarious. So (laughs)
1: like your boyfriend's so weak, he needs steroids just to watch baseball. Or were Jim's parents first cousins that were also bad at ping pong? (laughs) Mindy Kaling, unbelievable. Like, just the ridiculousness. Like, she's she's getting real deep there. Like, were they first cousins and bad at paywall? <laughs> like, she's taking a swipe at his looks, too. <laughs> and all of this is...
0: Daryl and Kelly kind of have a subtle thing happening. It's very low-key, but Daryl wants nothing, nothing serious. So, Daryl's appreciated because right in the first episode, he's feeding a squirrel, a nut, which I think is fantastic because it's all in conjunction with the first episode where Michael hits Meredith with her car. They discover
1: (laughs) that she has rabies. I feel blessed. (laughs) And he just plows her in the parking lot,
0: as he's saying. (laughs) And again, Meredith just takes a beating this season. She gets hit with a football later on.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Jesus
0: Christ. She has rabies and she's also missing her uterus. Mm-hmm. And so that's where her uterus I went. think what's <laughs>
1: I think the important thing to note here is everyone in the car was fine, Stanley <laughs>
0: so Michael starts off the season with a bang, hits Meredith with his car so it inspires him after they learn that Meredith has rabies to do a 5k fun run which he couldn't do in a full loop, which I was disappointed in, which Toby won
1: because they hyped him up with something beforehand <laughs> He wanted he wanted Dwight to put X-lax in there, and he put something else in, and it made him it made him go the distance. Right, for he sure. Loved it.
0: I've experienced that midway through a ten k ones. I barreled into a porta potty and just lost five pounds. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> it was a five minute break, but ironically, I beat my time the year before by more than five minutes. Well, so there you I go. Beat it by more than ten minutes. It I was
1: slowing you down, maybe. <laughs> Anything. So, what else do we love from that episode? There's so it's an hour long. Right, It aired at an hour long so means its run time is maybe closer to 40, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. There's a couple episodes in this season that are like that.
0: Yes, there were 19 episodes total and five of them were one hour long where the rest were there. So they actually and they cut it by 11 episodes total. so we missed out on 11 episodes. We'll never know, I know we know about the Christmas episode, but who knows. there's else, something else that got cut from this season. At the very end in goodbye toby i think this is just relevant because it's happening right now michael had a guitar solo where he did an eddie van halen song and that is lost footage and it's ironic because eddie van halen passed away
1: yesterday so this
0: is we're we're, we're shooting this in october 7th but yeah eddie van halen we miss you
1: yeah rest in peace so the episode begins with michael hitting meredith with his car we get her to the hospital and they find out that she had been exposed to rabies mm-hmm. while she was at the hospital. So Mike is now taking this as an opportunity to say that he saved Meredith's life.
0: Technically because, he did. Yeah.
1: Because if she had not gone to the hospital, who knows what would have happened.
0: And nobody has rabies. I haven't heard of anybody. There's not a case of rabies here in the United States for, like, at least in Arizona for the last 50 years. But regardless.
1: Well, she was bitten by the bat that was in the office. But we also find out that she was bitten by a raccoon and a rat on separate occasions. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> I, how
1: often do how often you meet somebody that's been bit by all three of those animals I on think separate <laughs> occasions?
0: We really just need to do a deep
1: dive on Meredith
0: one episode. I think that might be the—and a, and a Creed expose. Because Creed is— is oh, your, yeah. yeah that could Meredith.
1: probably be some supplemental material that we do in the uh, in the upcoming weeks here. Yeah. Write because, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> Creed, Creed and then I have Vienna sausages and napkins. <laughs> That's still one of my most favorite Meredith moments. She's coming back from a night out. She's like busted. <laughs> it's like, isn't this a work day? <laughs> <laughs> and why is the boss at our house at seven in the fucking morning? <laughs> oh gosh. I really love the the
0: 5K because Jan stakes her claim in Michael as her partner and they're really working to make it work. And we're learning about that dynamic, but she threatens Pam because Pam gets to see Michael's penis.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't see where it started, but she certainly saw where it ended. <laughs> And then, yeah, so Jan's helping out mm-hmm. with the 5K. She's running the, the sign-up table, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And this is where we finally find out that Creed is 81 going on 82 in November. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he asks what the prize is. <laughs> and, and she says, there's no prizes. He goes, is, is, is any of this real? <laughs> <sighs>
0: oh, thank you, Creed. <laughs> and I don't even think he ran. He looked like he was excited to win, and once he decided that there was no prize, there was nothing that could go on, then he just took off with Oscar and Stanley to go drink beer. Well, I think that was part of his plan the entire time. I don't think. I
1: think that was part of his plan the entire time.
0: After Casino Wars, when he won the refrigerator, I put nothing past Creed to go for whatever prize it was, which would have been a giant. Check? No, no, no. The giant check went to science, sorry, and to our old friend the nurse.
1: Yeah, you don't win anything <laughs> for winning the for winning the five or ten K, which is why he asked if any of it was
0: real. You win a lamp from an estate sale is actually what you win. That is right? The
1: that's Creed was hoping to score some drugs off Meredith in the, <laughs> in the, in the hospital room. What are they giving you? Perk? <laughs> Hydrocodone? Oxy? And, like, Jim's, like, very, like, bothered. He looks at the camera, like, all right, like, is somebody not going to jump in at this point? (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's one of the first times Jim looks at the camera, and it's, like, not funny. He's, like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) I think the the only other time prior to that would be when Andy goes berserk at Stanford and, like, kicks the... Kicks the trash can and then puts the hole in the wall as well. Anytime Andy's losing it, he's just like, no, no, no. It's not funny anymore. But then when Creed is inquiring about these drugs, he's like, wait a second. (laughs) Somebody (laughs) should be taking a second look. (laughs) Oh, God, Creed. I feel like
0: if anybody Meredith should have known what she was being given, she just seems like that type of person. So we love you, Meredith. Yes. We're glad you survived rabies. You beat rabies.
1: Yes, Yes, because she'll definitely contribute heavily as the series goes on. Mm-hmm. We'll have to do a deep dive on her, Meredith. Your day is coming. Anything else from the fun run episode?
0: Yeah, this this also sets up the season narrative where Dwight and Angela break up, and it starts in this season, and it's going oh, to lead to Ed Helms. Right. Yes, it's lead to Ed Helms pursuing Angela Martin, and Dwight is given he's given a task to go take care of Angela's cat sprinkles sprinkles and discovers that the cat needs way too much care all types of lotion medicine to rub on ointments just the cat has zero quality of life dwight being a farmer puts it down and puts it in the freezer he may have Suffocated the cat or froze it to death. Which honestly, that's the way I would want to go. No,
1: he gave it the the, <laughs> the sleeping medicine. He he sedated it and put it in the freezer, and it woke back up <laughs> because Angela found like her bags Scratch of vegetables. Marks. Yeah, everything all clawed open inside. I think the peas. The peas were <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so yeah, that that really leads to the the end of that relationship, right? It does. I'm actually
0: in support of what Dwight did, but it's it's good detective work on Angela's on Angela's part.
1: That is true. That is true. And then it's when Michael gets the news. <laughs> that's when he decides that they need to do something big. And that's when he decides on the fun run, right?
0: The office is cursed,
1: right? Yes, the office is cursed. They come in, they come in threes, right? <laughs> First, it was the porn that they couldn't get off Pam's computer and it crashed. <laughs> then he hit Meredith with the car. Right. And now, Prinkles? <laughs> <laughs> so a fun run is the only solution here. It's the only natural solution at least.
0: Our favorite nurse stripper returns and Yes, the stripper's back.
1: Yes. <laughs> She's glad so... you went back to get your degree. <laughs>
0: Michael still doesn't have a clue.
1: <laughs>
0: he's he's absolutely but he's still he's he's still a human being and, and we, we still fall for him. He's, he's willing to take the fall for his girlfriend when they get into an argument. During our second favorite, uh, I mean, do we cover everything about the fun run? Because that one night, you made everything Everything. all right, all right.
1: (laughs) James Bonfire. Bonfire. (laughs) Hunter's (laughs) a very talented musician.
0: (laughs) So the dinner party, Michael finds a way to
1: lie about a late work assignment. He makes up an entire work assignment for the whole office so that he can have a social engagement with two of his coworkers.
0: It was clearly part of the plan. It was, it was absolutely perfect. He gets everyone to work late, confirms that nobody has plans, and then says, you can have dinner at my house because you said you didn't have plans. And Jim was just gonna lie, but uh... <laughs> he tries to lie. I think his basement floods halfway through. The dinner party, it's so uncomfortable that he wants to leave.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, it was... And then he mistakes it for a fire or... Yeah. Yeah. Or it's the other way around. One of the two. Right. And he can't even keep it straight. (laughs) (laughs) That episode is so out of control. Andy ends up getting invited to Angela. Yes. So they end up making the cut. And then Dwight is so desperate that he brings his childhood babysitter as his date. Because... Michael said that in order to join the dinner party, you have to have a plus one.
0: Jim has so many questions for the babysitter, but she doesn't have an email.
1: Yeah. What's email?
0: (laughs) He shows up with a turkey leg and no one else is eating. Everybody just wants to eat and there's no food available.
1: Oh yeah. I know. That's a lot to ask at a dinner party,
0: right? (laughs) So my favorite part of this season is when they're playing a game of charades and the clue is <laughs> Parnold Schwartz. Yeah Yeah, no names.
1: He can't, he's, he's the worst charade player I've ever seen. So and he goes on a cruise <laughs> When he drops the correct answer in the incorrect round, that's when Michael's just done with charades.) <laughs> 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 But that episode has so many off-the-chain moments and really starts to show you how unhinged not only Jen is, but their entire relationship. She's filming their sex. Yeah. She yeah a- I thought I told you to tidy up before we had company over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they, I love that they say babe the entire time because that's a thing. I've met
1: couples who do that where they're just like, hey, babe.
0: And so mimicking that and mocking that, I believe, correctly, which was fantastic.
1: Yes. But I think in this particular example they were also doing it so that they like didn't kill each other (laughs) you know what i'm saying they're saying it like over the top instead Mm -hmm. of saying what they really wanted to because they had company over
0: feels like a thumbs up emoticon when somebody shares that that means just basically go fuck yourself right (laughs) (laughs) but we see michael's
1: we see how michael lives Mm -hmm. he's got his plasma screen tv that he earned it's probably all of 10 inches. Yes. But he did mount it on the wall himself, as well as the table that he built. I think it's built out of pine. <laughs> they seem to like pine in this show. And Is that chestnut? No, he thought it was chestnut. No, it turned yeah. out to be pine. But it's pine. <laughs> and then Jan gets her own office and workspace for Serenity by Jan, her new candle company,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which creates a whole lot of different scents. And we later find out that this whole dinner party was just a setup by Jan to try to get Michael's friends to invest in Serenity by Jan. Thought about it. I'm in. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Jim, on the other hand, not so enthusiastic. He's going to save his money for later endeavors.
0: Yes. He's plotting to marry Pam. And so I think the ring was handed down. But that comes in Goodbye, Toby, which is later on
1: andy's ring was handed down jim's got hit jim got his
0: and so we might as well share it at this point there's a lot of love in the air and jim plans to marry pam but gets delayed and ultimately chickens out in this season and doesn't end up doing it but
1: his moment is stolen and we'll get to
0: it i don't know where he got that money where where, well michael had money in his shoe
1: and yeah jim's (laughs) got some shoe money jim's got some shoe money everybody's got some shoe money right I think we hit, the, the one thing I do love is that the
0: relationship between Dwight and his babysitter is just purely carnal as he's trying to make Angela jealous. <laughs> and Angela does not like, want to have any of Dwight's beet salad. And the thought of popping a beet into, one of, into my mouth with one of your beets disgusts me. <laughs> but Dwight has seen, Dwight has seen Angela eat beet salad many times. And then one last note, Serenity by Jan. Like does end up kicking ass
1: and they they use her candles at that vigil <laughs> for that girl that went missing yeah. until she ends up being found. Yes. Which at it. which point Jan seems almost mildly disappointed. <laughs> the <laughs> uh, I think the only other thing to note with Jan in this episode is when she heaves the Dundee into the into the TV. And the, this episode doesn't end well. The police have to be called.
0: Police are called
1: and Because of their Neighbors are worried about domestic dispute.
0: Michael takes the fall,
1: <laughs> but I mean, this also we talk about racial barriers being broken. We get into domestic violence. Yeah, the way that episode. police handled it. I it's think, funny. Yes. It's they, they they document. You know, there's funny moments in it, but mm-hmm. at the end, it's a it is a serious issue. and we later see that Michael is not in a healthy relationship whatsoever.
0: No, and
1: and he's probably the victim of abuse by Jam.
0: Yes, so. It kind of is it's a it's a theme within television as far as depicting domestic violence. And in nineteen ninety-four it's Michael Douglas and Demi Moore, and Demi Moore in this movie Disclosure is actually the one who's harassing Michael Douglas, right?
1: Yeah, so so why is it whenever they want to tackle this issue, the women are always the bad ones?
0: I think it's I, I just think it's it's an easier play. I think if you write it the other way, it has to be done more sensitive. I don't know how to make domestic violence, whimsical, right? It, it's tough to do, but they...
1: Right. No, and I, I get what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, if Michael was abusive to Jan, then, you know, The Office probably would have been canceled. I understand what you're saying.
0: But The Office tackles so many serious issues in Season 4. They tackle ageism, which is also a very serious thing.
1: Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh... I'm telling you, this kid is the Grim Reaper. You, me, Sammy, Phyllis, and that chickie you hit with your car, Goners. <laughs> <laughs> and this is all
0: in response to Ryan trying to innovate Dunder Mifflin Infinity. So it's his opportunity to re- it's his opportunity to revitalize the company with new technology. And all Creed here is, is ageism. So Michael. Even though Ryan is Michael's boss, I think Michael still sticks it to Ryan in this episode and makes it very clear that that he is still the boss of Scranton Branch, and he brings in one of the founders of Dunder Mifflin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you
1: can explain to David Wallace why you threw the founder out on his aging butt. <laughs>
0: yeah. But Ryan's always being a little biatch. <laughs> That's
1: right. He calls David Wallace. And he said, <laughs> Oh yeah, he says Ryan's being a little bitch. <laughs> Ryan's <laughs> on the phone call with him. I'm on I'm on Michael.
0: <laughs>
1: Hi Ryan. <laughs> What's up, my brother?
0: I'm <laughs> <From> another mother.
1: <laughs> yes, but he does stick it to him in this episode and reminds him that it is his branch. It also reminds him that ageism is not tolerated in the workplace. That's right. He does. I mean, Ryan is overextending himself a little bit or overexerting himself a little bit.
0: As I prepare for my surgery next week, I'm reminded about the battles that I would face if I were to go out into the workforce and then be this aging candidate for multiple jobs. And that is a scary thing. So again, as the show relates to labor, I think it kind of brings in the reality. A lot of us are just taking a job just to provide health benefits. For whatever reason, and we're all just kind of in places where we don't need to be. All right? Yeah, it's tough. It brings into the dynamic that people can chase their dreams. And in this instance, Toby, after fondling Pam's knee, decides to run for it when they get locked in the office one episode and just go to Costa Rica, just hops the fence and goes to Costa Rica. Also. He, he, he ends up having to come back to work
1: for his last couple of days, but yeah, in that instance, he's just like, "I'm out," yeah. and just climbs the twenty foot fence.
0: That that for me is a fun episode because they have to know Hank Tate's name and they don't know his name, and then they actually give him a call. And when he gets him on the phone, he calls him Chief. Hey, Chief. What
1: I love most about that moment is they're looking for his name. Everybody's looking around. What's his name? What's his name? And you know who gets it right
0: think it was kevin no it was dwight
1: my man creed
0: ah creed gets his name right
1: he says it so matter of factly too it's hank (laughs) (laughs) and nobody nobody (laughs) takes him seriously because it's fucking creed right but But he was right he was somebody was right you gotta trust him
0: and on his name text his name is hank tate because he deputized dwight in the marijuana episode where they find a joint in the parking lot.
1: So yes. I, I think it changes, though. I think at one point it says Tate, and then at another point after they establish that his name's Hank, mm-hmm. I believe it appears as Hank. Okay. Okay. So it might change over the series, but it, it Hank Tate is his full name.
0: And I love Hank Tate. He comes every now and then, and he just reminds me of someone I would meet in that part of the country.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hank, Hank's great. And we get to see a little bit more and more of him throughout the series, but that episode is a pretty good one and yeah, it's so he, sad that they forgot oh they also forgot to tip him <laughs> the previous christmas as well
0: yes yeah that's another bungle by jim and, and jim was supposed to do that and everybody who thinks andy and angela are the best couple here and uh, that, that wins unanimously
1: well yeah after you after you forget <laughs> to tip the security guard you're, you, all bets are off but speaking of chasing your dreams, stanley as well right Stanley is
0: offered more money at Utica.
1: and More money, more problems. If anybody <laughs> should know that, it should be him.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, it should. Stanley also is trying to play Michael, and he fails. And this is one of those things where Michael is appears to be a competent manager.
1: Yes. <laughs> but in all reality, he just falls ass backwards, luckily, into this situation.
0: Which... So we get to meet our reoccurring character, Rashida Jones, who's going to pop in every now and then. But she is very upset about her and Jim breaking up, but she somehow manages to become branch manager of Utica in New York.
1: Yeah, I don't know how that happened. She went from applying for the position at corporate to breaking up with Jim to becoming the branch manager of Utica all very swiftly. Right. And she's doing it well. Turns out it's not that hard of a gig when... Your boss isn't an ass and your boyfriend's not in love with somebody else.
0: Right. And Karen looks corporate according to Kevin.
1: The pantsuits. Yes. (laughs) And so Karen offers Stanley more money. She does. And Michael's not happy about it. Philip Ellers, how's it hanging? To the left, to the right. (laughs) So, Michael, first, his reaction is to try and poach one of their salesmen. And that goes just how you'd expect it to. <laughs> Guy asks him a couple questions. Michael gets very defensive, threatens to fire him before he's even hired him. So, <laughs> so we move on to Michael's backup plan to get back at Karen, which is to go up to Utica and cause mayhem. He brings along Dwight because Dwight is always along for whatever Michael's up to, no matter how stupid. Mm -hmm. And they have to trick Jim into saying it's a sales call in order for him to join them. And then when they're on their way, they bring the news to him that they're not on a sales call and that they're going to Utica. Right. Jim's not happy about it. Dwight tosses his phone out onto the highway. A Razor, no less.
0: (laughs) It looked like a Razor. Some type of flip phone.
1: Yeah, it was very durable because they end up finding it and it's still in working (laughs) condition. So Jim gets lucky in that regard, but he doesn't get so lucky once they get to Utica, right? So
0: he's just trying to make sure that nobody gets killed at this point. And he decides to hide in the car where he'll get discovered. But they're using walkie-talkies. And it leads to a hysterical series of exchanges over the walkie-talkie. I think they're some of your favorites.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So they go in, and Dwight's first plan was to to burn the place down. Remember, they were driving <laughs> around with bottles filled with gasoline in the back of the cocktails. car. Yeah, he's got Molotov cocktails in the back of the fucking car. He's peeing in the car. Yeah. So they... <laughs> So they resort to silly stringing the place, which which seems actually pretty harmless in hindsight to what actually ends up happening. You know, the options were burn the place down or destroy their industrial copier, which ends up happening. Silly string doesn't seem like that bad of an option. So Michael and Dwight go in there and they find the industrial copier. And so this immediately takes over their silly string idea and they decide that they're gonna fuck with this thing so they wheel the industrial copier out into the stairwell and Dwight almost blasts one of the security guards or a passerby with chalk in the eyes and Jim has to remind him that 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 that's not allowed he agreed not to do that so we hear this over the microphone and then we hear the industrial copier crash down the stairs and a pin Michael at which point all hell's breaking loose. And Karen is returning from her lunch break. Right. So we're in the car with Jim and the camera crew, hearing this exchange over the walkie talkie, and Karen's back. She and of course, as you'd expect, she spots Jim in the car, who's dressed like fucking Luigi for yeah, whatever reason. Mustache. Yeah, he's got a fake mustache on. He looks just like fucking Luigi. He's got Madge's jumpsuit or. Yes, coveralls? Madge. It's Madge. What,
0: are their, what are the uniforms these <laughs> what I, I
1: want to know where he got it. Like, did he have to rope her into this too no. now? Or did they steal it from her? And so Karen darkest. confronts him and asks what's going on. Yeah. At which point Michael tells Jim... To distract her by whatever means necessary, you know, take her back to a hotel, have sex with her, you know, just think about Stanley the entire time, because this is really all about Stanley. okay? just crawl on top of her and think about Stanley. And Jim says, I'm not going to do any of that. (laughs) At this point, they're busted, right? They are. They're in the office getting yelled at. And well, for whatever reason, she's just yelling at Jim. Well she Jim should be Where are Michael and Dwight? <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: think she realizes the complicity involved, but she does ask Jim to sit behind and proceed to ask him some very forward questions. I think Karen still might be interested in Jim at this point. At least it has that feeling to me. But Jim totally blows that social interaction and
1: He fucks up. Yeah. He he, he messes up and he ends up falling back to telling Karen that he and Pam are dating which is the last thing that and she he's, wants he's to He's very happy he's very
0: happy with pam yes everything's great
1: it's because she said you know if you wanted to come talk to me you could have called me right and he said no that's not why i wanted to come see you and then it just proceeds to snowball from there
0: i think i still like pam as jim's choice because they just seem to have that chemistry Absolutely. But there's always a part of me that just, I, I just think Karen's absolutely stunning. Like her father was maybe an, a GI. She's just so exotic.
1: <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. You
0: want to talk about cameos?
1: Do you want to get into Creed shenanigans? Uh, yeah. Were there any other any other moments from any of the other episodes? I think, you know, you highlighted Goodbye Toby, and we mentioned that Jim, Jim blew it or, I said really he got sniped because Andy seizes the moment at the, in the goodbye Toby episode, Mm -hmm. Michael wants this to be a big party because this is the most exciting thing that's ever happened to the Scranton branch. And Jim decides that he's going to put quite a hefty investment into this party and gives Phyllis Vance an envelope of money (laughs) so that she can throw the best party possible. For Toby, or at least that's the impression that we're given. But Jim quickly reveals he plans to propose to Pam this evening. And so there's a Ferris wheel, you know, there's the band, there's all sorts of different things going on. Jim buys fireworks. Yes, there's fireworks. And the moment was supposed to be right, and it is right. And Andy seizes it to to propose to Angela. Right. Because his parents are there. Why are Andy's parents... At a goodbye Toby party.
0: <laughs> the only argument I can give is that...
1: He was planning to get engaged the whole time? Yeah,
0: I didn't believe that.
1: he didn't know that all these big things were going to be happening, right? Because it's Jim just, just gave Phyllis the money that day. He, Which props to Phyllis for being able to turn around <laughs> a Ferris wheel in like six hours. Phyllis, by the way,
0: catches Dwight and Angela at the very end of goodbye Toby and now has...
1: Full control.
0: Of the party planning committee, which is the second most exclusive club at Dunder Mifflin. The Finer Things Club being the first.
1: Yes. Yes, (laughs) that's right. And the Finer Things Club might be the second gayest thing that Oscar does.
0: (laughs) Besides having sex with men, the Finer Things Club is the gayest thing that I'm a part of. (laughs) The gayest (laughs) thing that I'm in. It's all along those lines, but a gay joke and a great gay joke at that and so
1: yes we need a finer things club if anything i am the finer things here (laughs) i'll be on the menu every week so you wanted to jump into cameos what about opening segments were there any segments this season that you like i mean michael hitting meredith with his car kind of just takes the cake doesn't it it's huge it's huge, and it's the first like minute of the season. It's literally like the first forty seconds of the season. They start so hot, it's so <laughs> like white hot, white hot, and, and that's it's a, great.
0: That's a theme that's going to continue. Every start of the season is always going to be a bang, and it's going to go out with a bang.
1: Yeah, they so they started the opening segments in season two, and then. Yeah, it seems like the the first one of the season is always the best one. I think in this season, the only other ones that really compete are in the Branch Wars episode. Stanley comes in to tell Michael that he's been offered more money. And this is when Michael wants to demonstrate his Ferris Bueller's Day Off sleeping dummy that he set up. Yes. And Stanley <laughs> says, why is this better than you not being here? <laughs> 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 I do not think
0: that is funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think the only other one is the maybe the DVD logo one, but that's just because I think everybody could relate to that when they had a DVD player in the early 2000s.
0: I relate to it. Anytime there's a screen saving logo that bounces around, Microsoft has the, the cube, the DVD logo had it. Yeah. There are variations of this. Yes. But yeah, you, you are watching intently to see if that thing will land in the corner. Mm-hmm. and make a perfect 90 degree angle
1: yeah 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 everybody's rooting for it have you ever seen it oh yeah I think everybody has at this point everybody's done what they do in the office I think that's why it's so relatable and that's why it sticks out to me is because everybody's done that one right yeah
0: my original Roku did that when I first got the Roku device and I've wow. been a Roku user since 2009 2010 so I remember that logo popping in around there the only go. other episode that I would say rivals anything then we'll move on but the only other episode that i think that you know maybe doesn't get enough is the deposition where you see jan
1: trying to formally argue her case for why her and michael weren't in a relationship and it's just really
0: and why she was unfairly terminated at dunder mifflin and so she's trying to get Essentially, this is like a, an employment dispute, an unemployment dispute, right? Which-
1: yes, yes, yes. That's 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 the case being made. She was unfairly terminated, but she really just drags Michael through the mud the entire time. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a really big bow on top of everything else we've discussed as far as the...
0: The toxicity of their relationship, the the dysfunctionality. But Michael is in one of those rare moments in the show where he performs... And my favorite part during the deposition is where he's just asking for a line. That's something.
1: That's- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> line. And it's funny. <laughs> What's funny is I think the delivery of that is is even funnier because before that, he drops a that's what she said joke. Yes. And they have to go back <laughs> to like the typographer and have her read back everything that happened up until that point. And then... Later in the episode, they just jump into her. She's already reading for something. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, Michael Scott, line. <laughs> oh, like in a play. So with with Creed,
0: <laughs> I, I think... He does not so much verbally as he takes all the ink from the copier and he uses it to dye his hair in an effort to
1: look younger. Oh, so- in the ageism episode, yeah, or where <laughs> yeah, where they're fighting ageism. Right. And then he asks – I think he calls him Brad or something. <laughs> it's Ryan, but he's like, hey, Brad, can we, can we go with some more Rembo in these vending machines? Right. <laughs> Sometimes the guy's just got to ride the bull, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck? What else do we learn about Creed? They've been involved in a number of cults, both as a leader and a follower. Right. It's more fun to be a follower, but much more profitable to be a leader.
0: The other thing is that at the job fair episode, we learned that Creed is (laughs) kind of the ringleader and instigator to get everyone to leave early. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. (laughs) He hits up Angela.
1: (laughs) Hey, what's he called her? I forget. Hey, to... a Pumpkin. So yeah, so he goes, hey, Pumpkin, we're going to ditch this bitch. You in? No. You out? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Pumpkin's out. Let's leave, everybody. <laughs> we're going to ditch this bitch. <laughs> and and they all proceed to leave right, right away. So it is Creed being <laughs> the ringleader on that one again. So everyone's
0: uh, Kevin and Andy and Jim are out golfing with a Dartmouth graduate. And I, I like the golf episode. I like the golf component because I can relate to the blisters that you get on your hands from hitting so many golf balls as I personally experienced this. And I'm also experiencing this now, but on the opposite end, because I wash my hands so much in the COVID era. <laughs> and my hands on top are starting to get dry. So this is kind of the the reality of trying to be clean. But...
1: Yes, gotcha.
0: What about Alfredo's pizza?
1: Oh yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> Well, Alfredo's Pizza Cafe, as we learn, is the premier pizza place in Scranton. Yes. Or at least it's better to that hot circle of garbage pizza by Alfredo, (laughs) as Creed (laughs) refers to it. (laughs) Oh. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. I think that's mostly it for Creed this season, right? That's all I have for Creed. Yeah. He knows Hank's name. Which is again astonishing, given his history. Yes. he's got a great memory, and apparently he's a great ringleader and <laughs> cult leader. <laughs> but we'll dedicate more time to him one of these days, and we'll give him his own special little little segment. Cool, as a supplement to our series, for
0: sure. For sure. Yes,
1: we can do the same for Meredith as well. And yeah. if anybody else has any requests for us, we will. We I'm will still on the lookout
0: for a Kevin Malone smile, where you can see his upper front teeth i want to i want to see kevin malone's upper teeth <laughs> because we only see the bottom teeth it's something that's always bugged anytime kevin smiles because he does smile a lot yes it's kind of a, a cheesy grin yeah yeah almost like a grimace from mcdonald's type situation Ooh,
1: something i noticed about kevin and this is towards the end of last season but we didn't mention it then Kevin always seems to have people's backs, like he's ready for the physical confrontation. He told yes. he told Jim that he'd be ready in that moment. Yes. When Roy goes on his tirade and breaks the bottles and everything at the bar, Yes. we can see Kevin over in the corner, fist clenched.
0: <laughs>
1: and I guess that scene was improvised. Interesting. Yeah. So it it's kind of plays off of earlier in the season because remember when Roy came over to talk to Jim mm-hmm. about the crush? Or, right. And we can see Kevin in the background but he's patting himself down like so that was a close call yeah you know? <laughs> so so Kevin's always there he is he's he's in the wings yeah and i think the is it Office Ladies podcast
0: where with Angela and Pam
1: It's Office Ladies right okay yes so it's the and the Office Ladies podcast has been doing a very good job of pointing out things like that and giving Kevin his due credit sure
0: He's a gambler. He likes football. Kevin seems like a guy we would hang out with.
1: Probably. Yeah. Probably. Him or Jim. (laughs) And. Who are your best cameos this season? Well, we mentioned Karen. Rashida Jones is Karen. I don't know if we really counted it as a cameo. I mean, I, I think that's her only appearance now, and she might make one or two more later down the road. So she becomes more of a quote-unquote cameo as the series goes on. Sure. But she was an established character, at least for that one season. Okay. I think the only other one might be... uh,
0: Troy Underbridge.
1: (laughs) Right? That's what I was about to say. Noel Eptok is the actor's name, and he plays Troy Underbridge, who is Ryan's friend up in New York City. And Dwight tells him that he resembles a token character. <laughs> and that's actually where they got the inspiration for his last name. Under Hill is the alias of Frodo Baggins in the Hobbit series or The Lord of the Rings, and therefore Under Bridge is a direct play on that and a Ooh. direct reference.
0: We learn something every time on the Catch This Guy. And
1: <laughs> yes, he comes back a couple of times throughout the series. I think he only makes two more appearances. But one of them could almost argue to be a cameo within a movie within the show. (laughs) It's so interesting because he's a real-life person, but somehow he gets involved in the adaptation of Threat Level Midnight.
0: Threat Level Midnight.
1: So we'll see that, and we will discuss it later on as it comes. But I'd have to say that Noel Eptok as Troy Underbridge would be my cameo for this season, unless you've got any other ones. You know, you really got me with Carol and Mr. Whitmore in the previous seasons. So
0: When they do their local TV commercial, the the crew who actually hires it, I think one of the actors is is a more notable face. Yes. I don't know who that guy is.
1: Yeah, he's been in a couple of things. Yeah. Is there anybody else that you might want to nominate for best cameo this season?
0: Secret secrets are no fun. Secret secrets
1: hurt someone. Oh, Elizabeth, her favorite Scranton stripper. Her name
0: is Jackie Debatine. She appeared in, in the Ben Franklin episode, the fun run, and then she'll appear in the finale in 2013.
1: Ooh, that's right. Yeah, glad to see she went back and got her degree.
0: <laughs> it's clearly paid off as her IMDB page is loaded with multiple roles. She
1: Well, good. Yeah. good. We're proud of her. Shout out to Jackie D. Batin, our If that's even how you pronounce it. Could we, be Debatten.
0: It would be awesome if she would come on the podcast and, and
1: clarify and for us. Yes, <laughs> that'd be great.
0: I would love to talk to Jackie.
1: She is my nominee for the best cameo this season. Troy's a close second, but i got to give it to Jackie.
0: I had a Coke problem, so I'm going to go with Troy. (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is there anything else you wanted to hit on with season four? No, I'm just – I know where season five is going, and I already know that I'm going to cry as we go further along. But, yeah, this is going to be fun and fantastic, so I'm looking forward to the next episode.
1: And I'm looking forward to the rest of our time together here. Don't forget, I'm going to be here for a little bit still.
0: Live in studio.
1: I am (laughs) live here in studio in Arizona. And I am enjoying the weather. So I hope everybody else out there listening is having an enjoyable day as well. I just built a wall. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're the ultimate neighbor, right? and if you'd like to interact with us more you may do so on twitter at cts terry or by searching for the catch the sky podcast on instagram facebook spotify apple podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts be sure to give us a like or subscribe and share with your friends if you're enjoying it and like i said have a good rest of your day if you want to and keep trying to catch the sky
0: where are the turtles